0: Welcome to Get Unstuck, Move Forward With Your Life with Jason Hopkins. Over the next hour, you will be given valuable tips and tools you can use to overcome what keeps you stuck. Now, here is Jason.
1: Welcome to Get Unstuck, Move Forward With Your Life. I am your host, Jason Hopkins. Thank you for joining us today. Get Unstuck Radio is inspired by my own journey of navigating this thing called life. More than a decade ago, I faced my own dark night of the soul, a painful chapter that robbed me of my mind, my money, and my way. After a series of catastrophic setbacks upended a lifetime of work, I was left with two choices, to end it all or to begin again. Fortunately, with a mustard seed of faith, I chose to walk forward with a new commitment to serve others. Over the last decade, I have faithfully worked to evolve the narrative of how the world sees mental health. By recognizing that everyone struggles, Sometimes we all need new insight and a different perspective to see life more clearly. Not only is this show the birthplace of my own efforts to overcome life's challenges, but a safe space to meet other champions who, even after setbacks, still bravely show up to serve others. Get Unstuck Radio highlights the phenomenal people who have joined me along the way. It is a place to share their stories, which hopefully will spark inspiration in your own life. Together, we celebrate our individual capacity to move forward and to get the lives we truly desire. Each week, a distinguished guest joins me to share their own unique perspective about what it takes to move beyond stuck and achieve their truest potential. Regardless of where you are, I'm hopeful you will discover the inspiration and courage to make an impact in your own life. Let's get started. Today, I'm grateful to have my friend and colleague, Stephen Hayden, joining us. Stephen is the CEO and co-founder of Envision You a Colorado-based nonprofit behavioral health initiative that addresses the disproportionate burden, disparity in care, and poor outcomes that LGBTQ individuals encounter every day. Additionally, he is the founder and CEO of you Flourish, a first-of-its-kind wellness app for the LGBTQ community, launching in the United States in the fall of 2023. Stephen is also a mental health clinician with Queer Asterisk. A nonprofit providing comprehensive behavioral health services in communities throughout Colorado's urban corridor. Stephen, thank you for joining me today for another episode of Get Unstuck Radio. I'm I'm so grateful to ha- to have you here today to talk about a community that does not seem to get enough positive attention.
2: Jason, it is such a pleasure to be part of you uh, this this conversation today. Good to see you, and yeah, looking forward to a really uh, fascinating conversation.
1: You know, thank you. Um, So the reason I wanted to have this conversation is obviously being a part of the LGBTQ plus community myself, I recognize that, you know, day in and day out, I see so many things in the media and the news that just don't play out in a positive way for our community and, and believe that it is, you know, through conversations like this with people like you who are serving that community on a daily basis we have an opportunity to evolve the narrative and put some positivity in the world. Like give me a little backstory. I mean, I want to get into all the fabulous things you're doing. Give me a little backstory around how you've evolved into the work that you're doing today.
2: Yeah, Jason, uh, similar to you, um, you know, my personal lived experience and story uh, is foundational to the work that I do today I grew up in the Midwest, uh, came out as a gay man in the early 90s in the midst of the AIDS crisis. It was a moment in time where um, there was a, a close uh, correlation. Um, you know, the perception was that that by being gay, that that would ultimately lead to an HIV infection. So it was a very scary time, right. a lot of misinformation. And so that's kind of where I started my journey. Um, I come from a family that has the history of some mental health issues. And in the early 2000s, I was struggling myself with the pressures of work as a management consultant in New York. I just finished up my MBA program and uh, trying to navigate a world that isn't necessarily built for members of the LGBTQ plus community and experiencing Um, sort of more societal pressure to engage in substance use, I developed my own substance use uh, uh, challenge and really debilitating depression. And in a search to get help, I became hopeless and uh, ultimately decided that a better day wasn't uh, ahead for me. And so I attempted suicide. And, you know, thankfully I'm here today. And um, it was, you know, at, at at that time of my life, that I was fortunate to uh, survive, and thankfully today I'm thriving, that I started a process of thinking about what's next for me? What can I do with my story and experience that could help other folks navigate uh, a challenging uh, environment? So uh, in the uh, t- 2012, I started doing some work Um, for a nonprofit that was helping incarcerated women reimagine their possibilities to live a life once they left prison. And it was through that work that I just felt so compelled that it gave me the courage to think about going back to grad school, which I did. I got a master's in social work degree. I moved to Denver and started working for a community mental health center, primarily with people that had been previously unhoused previously incarcerated, and were experienced pretty significant, and complicated mental health issues. I made the decision as a member of the LGBTQ plus community as a person with lived experience to start the nonprofit Envision You. And it really brings together all the various aspects of both my professional and personal experience uh, to help further my commitment, our commitment as an organization to support the mental health and well being of the lgbtq folks
1: I, I love that and and again i'm i'm grateful that you shared kind of the personal story that brings you to doing this work which is the same for me and the work that i do and i often find that that you know the people who are the most inspired leaders who are, are the waymakers or uh the the conversation havers that that need to be had it is it is from personal struggle and experience Um, And you and I met somewhere along the way when you were at the Community Mental Health Center, just as Envision U was was getting its foundation. Um, And I love what you've been able to create since then. What I really would love to hear from you, since you have your finger on the pulse of this community, I know when we talk about mental health statistics and, and how overwhelming and staggering they are in just affecting us as society at large, when we start talking about the LGBTQ plus community, they really erode even further. Kind of give us a state of the state around what what are we seeing in today's world that makes this conversation so necessary and important?
2: Yeah, indeed, Jason. So, you know, let's think about sort of the broader environment that we find ourselves in. This year alone, more than 500 anti-LGBTQ laws and policies have been put forward in state legislatures around the country. While I feel very fortunate and privileged to live in a state like Colorado, the fact is lots of people are living in dangerous and hostile environments that are preventing them from living their most authentic self. You know, we know that rates of mental health concerns are much higher in the LGBTQ community, in part because of those societal issues. Um, You know, stigma, discrimination, and marginalization all play a role. And sometimes folks say, well, you know, is being part of the community, does that lead to to some sort of mental health condition? the answer unequivocally is no. Uh, Historically, there was pathology, you know, our community was pathologized. It was considered a disorder up until 1972 by the American Psychological Association. So, of course, we've made a lot of progress. And yet our community is still pushing up against community and systemic barriers that prevent us from living our best lives. It's also important to think about, you know, LGBTQ folks are not a monolith, right? Um, I'm a white, cisgender, gay man. I have a lot of privilege. And that's not true for people with uh, various uh, uh, other identities when you factor in race and ethnicity. You think about geolocation, You think about faith communities where people grew up in. What was that uh, foundation for that young person growing up? What was the family dynamic? And this is really uh, important for your audience to understand that um, the prevalence of adverse childhood experiences, which goes by ACEs, is significantly higher among LGBTQ folks. And these are those significant events that create trauma for a young person. And when those numbers go up as they do for LGBTQ folks at rates that are two to four times greater, um, you see an increase in mental health issues, substance use, and also comorbidity as it relates to healthcare uh, and, and a person's overall health. And so you impact a person's quality of life, You impact uh, the uh, longevity of that person's life. And it just complicates that person's ability to uh, navigate a a challenging environment.
1: Well, that and when you certainly couple with what's happening in the political landscape of, of new laws that are being proposed and created daily, that really set back this community that fought so hard for some of the protections they have, you know, it feels like we're fighting battles that have already been won again. And I know, you know, even from my own perspective, there's something very defeatist about why is this so hard?
2: Indeed. And uh, it does feel that way. It's hard to believe that we are uh, where we find ourselves today. And yet uh, f- for political purposes, um you know, political leaders have chosen um, the LGBTQ community, particularly the transgender community, as um, as a focus and target of uh, pretty um, hateful rhetoric and policies that are going to um, impact a person's ability to seek the health care they need or protections in, in employment and housing and the things that are so crucial that many of us take uh, for granted. And this is all happening to Jason in an environment where we have these higher rates of mental health concerns. And then when people do access the mental health care system, what we find is that many of our mental health professionals, while well intentioned and good meaning, don't have the skills to work with LGBTQ folks to really understand why this community is marginalized. Uh, and the way they are, the prevalence of trauma. So it prevents uh, many folks, many of our uh, mental health clinicians from delivering culturally responsive and affirming care, which ultimately means that person's not getting high quality care that they need. And so we see people uh, disengaging from care, we see uh, less um, productive outcomes from that therapeutic Process. We find people who are going in inpatient uh, 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 care, uh, being forced into sort of housing restrictions that that aren't uh, uh, helpful. And so ultimately, we have higher needs, less access to quality care, which is one of the reasons we see higher levels of acuity, including up to overdose and uh, death by suicide within the LGBTQ community.
1: You know what I'm really hearing in this conversation is there is also a lack of cultural competency not only from society at large but from the 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 system so to speak that serves this community with with their various needs and and frankly you know it feels like there is a gap and an opportunity to create systems that include better language around how do we do this I know um, you know, we've evolved into this world of pronouns, which even as, you know, a 48-year-old, you know, gay man, I'm still struggling to really uh, adapt to all of the pronouns because they're so different um, and, and constantly changing. How does the, the the person who may have a loved one um, that is part of this community, um, how do they show up to support them in a world that is changing with needs that are changing How do we start normalizing some of these things to where people can be an ally for this community in a positive and supportive way?
2: That's a great question. And that really formed the uh, part of the the, uh, impetus for me, wanting to start uh, a nonprofit to help address these issues. So whether you are a family member, a caregiver, a teacher, coach, faith leader, or a mental health professional, I truly believe that uh, folks, uh, most people are well-intentioned right. but without education and resources are likely to show up in a way that maybe isn't most helpful. And I always start with meeting people where they are. It's not my place to judge another person's lifestyle choices, how they identify. Um, so starting with, with, from just that foundational uh, place is essential for creating uh, a a safe space for people to have um, tough conversations, right? And so for a parent or caregiver who has a young person who's navigating and questioning their gender identity or sexual orientation, what are we doing to create a brave space for that young person To feel comfortable going to that trusted adult in their life and saying uh, to their mom or dad or faith leader or coach, Hey, I'm really struggling with this. Like, you know, I'm showing up in a world and I feel different from a lot of my peers. And how can we lean in with intention to both listen, to have empathy, and to understand? And part of that understanding comes from doing our own work, challenging the, the biases that we have to challenge, uh, you know, you mentioned sort of your own experience and, and growing up a world where maybe people didn't introduce themselves with pronouns or that um, having sort of more open conversations about these things were not as common. Um, so, you know, challenging whatever biases we have, learning more about the communities that may be different than us, and then just being present and listening. And this is true not only for us and creating a welcoming and uh, caring uh, community in which you know, I think most of us want to live in, um, it's also about creating spaces for people to talk about their mental health. And if one of the takeaways and positive impacts of the COVID pandemic has been a willingness for people to be more open about their own mental health struggles in a way that even a few years ago, I think, most people were uncomfortable with. And when we talk about our mental health, Jason, as you know, not only does it break down uh, stigma, it creates a sense of belonging and connection and reminds us, you know, we're not alone. Right. Uh, many years ago, as I was struggling, um, I, w- I didn't really have the capacity to look around and say, oh, gosh, you know, I'm not the only one. But at the time, that's how it felt, which is what led me to Uh, to to think about suicide as the only viable option. So, you know, I'm excited that there is an increasing awareness about the prevalence of mental health issues across the board for all of us, right? I mean, physical health and mental health are a part of who we are. And some days we might have good mental health or poor, great physical health or not. And we need to be in, in relation with folks and living in communities where it's encouraged and supported to have these conversations.
1: And and even if you don't agree or understand, it doesn't mean that you get the opportunity or you should have the opportunity to marginalize somebody else's experience. Like, I think this this courage to show up and be vulnerable, who you are as you are, I, I think that is an act of courage that is so often dismissed or overlooked when we talk about these conversations and frankly i think the people who are shining the light on their 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 suchness let's call it um the things that make them the uniquely them i think those are really th- the heroes of the conversation and and open the door for us to start having some different um more inspired conversations let's take a quick break and i want to come back and i want to pick up on this and um continue the conversation
0: Voice America
2: is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
0: Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You, too, can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. welcome back to the show if you have a question for Jason or his guests join us on the show at 888-346-9141 that's 888-346-9141 now back to the show with Jason
1: welcome back to get unstuck radio I have my friend and colleague Stephen Hayden with us today um, He is doing incredible work for the LGD- LGBTQ plus community. And we're having a pretty inspiring conversation about a topic that I think needs a lot more positive attention. While we were on break, Stephen, you had mentioned to me that suicide is the leading cause of death among LGBTQ plus youth. Um, give me some additional context to, to that, to that shocking statistic.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jason. Um, and it is heartbreaking. It's it's one of the things that really uh, fuels my passion for this work is um, understanding that when you feel alone, there isn't a sense of belonging or that the people in your life um, are not champions for who you are, your true, authentic self. Um, it's not surprising that those thoughts uh don't start to uh, dominate your thinking about your future. Um, you know, we've talked a, l- a l- lot about so far today about, you know, kind of the, the systems that are in place uh, where we see discrimination, harassment and bullying uh, of members of our community. And that just furthers that sense of isolation and uh, a sense of, uh, of being despondent and, um, you know, I keep coming back, uh, Jason, and, and you touched on this earlier, is, you know, there's a, there, there there's certainly a, a place in society where many people uh, look at the world through a scarcity mindset. And somehow, right. that if I give, um, you know, if I create space for other people, that somehow that's going to take something away from me. And I think that is just, absolutely faulty reasoning if I agree what i want deeply passionate i want everyone to thrive why is it that i wouldn't want the family living next to me to have all the same possibilities and privileges that i do absolutely committed to that i want their young uh the young people in their life their children to go to schools that are high performing and supportive well-paid teachers and resources. I don't have kids, but do I want to support that so those young people have all the opportunities that they need and deserve? Absolutely. And so I hope in part by our work, courageous conversations like we're having today, Jason, that we continue to open uh, uh, folks' minds to this idea that we want everyone to have the best possible access to resources and support so they can thrive as well.
1: I wholeheartedly agree with you a hundred and ten percent on that. You know, one of the things that that you mentioned earlier um, is coming from the, the the place of privilege that you have being white, cisgendered male, same for myself, you know, and and during the break talking about our shared experience of what coming out may have been like for us individually and how there are differences in the world when you start adding other layers to the conversation that create systemic challenges for people navigating the world like let's talk for a second about you know some of the barriers that you see in the work that you're doing that make this conversation more challenging that if you don't have you know a a place of privilege to land um that can really be a detriment to those living their lives in a healthy productive way
2: yeah and I think it starts with as we're talking today is just that recognition of the privilege we have if I don't have an appreciation for um, the ease in which I get to navigate this world I think it makes it complicates my ability to have empathy and understanding for the challenges that other folks have and I'm reminded that you know if you uh, if you possess identities, multiple identities that are marginalized and disadvantaged in society, it just compounds the, the challenges that you have in accessing the resources um, that you need to, um, to navigate the world, to build a life for yourself. Um, you know, I lived in New York City for many years, and throughout the, that time, I was never stopped and frisked. I was never harassed by the New York police department in any way. And so I'm grateful for that. And yet I would pass people who were, and certainly there's been a lot uh, written about that, that policy by the New York police department. And and we understand the the people that that was targeted uh, in that, in that effort and certainly um, ill-advised and unfortunate and discriminatory practice. Um, And, and so to, to not understand how that would interfere with a person's ability just to get through their day, do the things they need. Um, I think would would, would be uh, uh, unfortunate on my part. So again, it's cre- increasing my understanding of how other people navigate the world, and then being committed as a social justice advocate uh, for our community, to thinking about innovative and impactful solutions that are going to allow people to show up as their best self and have access to what they need, so they too can have um, everything they need to to thrive in their own life.
1: And I and I agree with that. And I and I also want to say when we when we bring the word privilege into the space, and I think it's kind of a loaded word. It is also a privilege for those people um in the world who are not affected by some of these labels that many of us are walking around with and to show up and assume that you understand the unique position or perspective that somebody else is navigating the world i think is fairly tone deaf and and for anybody that's listening if we want to advance the conversation i think we should all you know shine the light back on ourselves and recognize that many of us have an inherent privilege That may shield us from some of these painful experiences, painful events that happen in lives for, you know, people that are trying to go on and live their lives and have the healthiest version of their life play out um, on a day-to-day fashion like that. It is shocking to me that 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 how I choose to live my life or anybody else does plays out in such a a a damning way in, in in the news and in the media that that we are all humans having a human experience. And I don't know why we can't get back to this place of recognizing that the unique fabric that makes us a community as a whole is made up of so many different unique threads. And, you know, as humans, that to me is the richness of the experience we're here to have.
2: Indeed, let's celebrate our differences. Let's lean in and learn from, from folks who don't share our identities. And sure, it's true. When you look at the, uh, the larger population in the US, the adult population, about 20% live with a, with a diagnosed mental health issue. So, um, so, so what we know, then, is the vast majority of folks don't have that personal lived experience. But the reality is, most of us know somebody. So even though we might not be personally impacted, there's a high degree of likelihood that somebody close to us in our own family, or workplace, or friend group is in fact living with a mental health uh, disorder. So you know, it makes sense that we should uh, better understand uh, that and have an appreciation for just that added letter, a layer of complexity that that person is living with, right? Um, I don't have to share the identity of a person to um, have the empathy uh, for them and in their circumstances. and Or to acknowledge the shared experience of humanity. Right. And, you know, we saw this, and unfortunately, during COVID, where there was just this sense of, like, uh, a, a high degree of selfishness, like, this is what I'm going to do for myself. And it doesn't matter what the impact of my choices on other people. And how unfortunate is that? Can we not put aside, and again, it's not about political differences. We can disagree that policy A makes sense, or I'm in, you know, I'm in opposition to, to, to that policy. But fundamentally, Jason, I care about you as a human. I care about my neighbors regardless of their identity their political identity, where they choose to worship. None of that matters to me in the sense of forming community. I love learning about that. Uh, that's an important part of other people's identity. So, of course, I'm, I'm curious and, and care about that identity. But at the end of the day, I care about that person because of our shared humanity.
1: I love that. And and you're so spot on. I mean, it's, it's what the world needs more of. I'm just wondering, as, as you being the guy that's shining this bright light in the work that you do, you know, for the person that's listening that maybe doesn't know how to open the door to have more inspired, you know, empathetic, compassionate conversations with the people in their lives, where where do you start? Where do you begin?
2: Sure. And I think it begins with the individual, right? So I know that if my cup is half full, it's very difficult for me to lean in and be uh, a supportive and caring person and another uh, person's journey. And so uh, what am I doing to take care of myself? How am I prioritizing wellness and centering that in my own life? How am I in my workplace uh, fostering a culture of well-being? I mean, if you're in management and you're looking at uh, the people that work for you as a leader, what are you? doing to prioritize uh, your staff your team uh, their ability to uh, live their best life and so if I now am prioritizing that for myself I then have the ability I have the capacity and the resilience to be able to lean in and just say to somebody who's struggling you know I'm here to listen I'm not here to provide you with advice on how to live your life but I am here to listen, and just as importantly, I'm willing to help walk with you in your journey at your pace, seeking the solutions that you think are best for you, um, because I care about you. So I, I I start with the individual, think about what you're doing in your life, so that you can um, can be living your own uh, best life, and then how do we um, Find ways to support the people that are in our lives, so they too can live their best life.
1: That's beautiful, and and really, if if you think about it in a broader context, it's an experiment in kindness. You know, and, and the fact of the matter is, and, and I go back to you don't have to agree with somebody that is uh, with what they are doing in their life necessarily to show up and listen to them to show up and be kind to them to show up and hear them to show up and see them you know it it is possible to disagree and still hold space for somebody just in their human experience you know i i i often say that i i believe people do the best they can and sometimes our best is not good enough and, and there is an element of discernment of if your best is was good enough today or not, and you, you have the choice to do better moving forward. But I believe that most of us have good intentions for showing up to support people in our lives and to navigate this world. Like, I want to believe that. Um, I don't know that we always see that playing out and how the, the media portrays it. But, you know, there is this human experience of just be kind.
2: Yeah, it's so fundamental. And, uh, you know, I'm reminded in, in, uh, in my clinical practice, I was working with somebody who was homophobic and frankly, quite hostile to the LGBTQ community. And as a therapist, I'm there to serve all people. I'm there to support each of the people um, that, that I'm doing work for. And rather than, um, you know, I, you know, sort of immediately being offended or, you know, f- feeling like this was going to be a hostile relationship, Um, I took the time to understand where that came from. And, you know, I, I began to understand that person's childhood, the environment they grew up in, the narrative that they heard played out. And so while, of course, I didn't disagree and I don't uh <clears throat> wouldn't wouldn't um want them to have that that worldview, it was important for me to understand how they got there. And so with that understanding, I could then begin to work with that person in my clinical practice or with the neighbor across the street who I'm sharing coffee with to then start to think about how can we foster some mutual understanding? How can I start to break down that person's biases that they might have in this case with a, about my own identity in a way that no longer feels threatening, confusing um, to that person to create that that shared humanity as, as you talk about so well, Jason.
1: You know, I, I just think you really took that as an opportunity to build a bridge, and, and I wonder if where part of the conversations that we see playing out in the world fail is this this space of not taking the time to realize that that people aren't created in a day who they become the values they have the beliefs they have they don't happen just in an instant you know we are all you know richly complex and and woven with details of a long history um I wonder if if there is, a necessity for us to really if we have a desire to dig in and really figure out where where are some shared experiences that we can learn about each other from you know i find if you're only looking at the conversations from how are we different and never from how are we similar mm. it's probably hard to find an inspired conversation you know uh, to birth that from from those conversations and and frankly it's an opportunity for any of us to do better.
2: Indeed, what a great uh, perspective, uh, Jason. and um, you know and that's where that scarcity mindset lives, right? Those limitations that we place on ourselves where we're focused just on on differences and how we are in opposition to, um, to our uh, uh, to the folks in our life and in our community. And when we can step back and start from, you know, what, what are our shared experiences? What are some of our shared identities? What are some of our shared aspirations? You know, when you ask most people what they aspire to in life, that list is pretty common, regardless of gender identity, sexual orientation, faith practice, geolocation, political persuasion. And so if we're all aspiring to achieve certain things in our life, um, what a great place to start. And we start then moving from that scarcity mindset, which always interrupts a sentence with but, and we change it to and, right? Like two things can coexist. And again, we might disagree. And I'm still committed to listening and learning and finding some commonality between you and I And that's where the magic happens.
1: You're so right. And and I think that's beautiful. And and I hope that this is an inspiration point for anybody listening. Let's take a quick break and come back. And then I want to unpack all the amazing things that you are actually day in and day out doing to support this community. Um, We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
0: Follow Voice America
2: at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast.
0: Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcasts.
2: If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: Welcome back to the show. If you have a question for Jason or his guests... Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jason.
1: Welcome to Get Unstuck Radio. Um, I'm with my incredible friend and colleague, uh, Stephen Hayden. Stephen is doing some remarkable work with the LGBTQ plus community. And today we're really talking about, you know, the hard conversations that nobody really seems to want to talk about the about the the uniqueness and the sameness in all of us and how we really have an opportunity to show up with kindness and compassion to love one another and realize we're all just humans having a human experience. Um, before the break, we were we were talking about just that. but I would love to get into um really learning more about how you've taken the experience and the education that you have and turned it into this passion and purpose with Envision You and You Flourish. Give our audience a little more context around the work that you're doing to support this community.
2: Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Um, yeah, so you know a little bit about my my personal background in, in terms of what got me into this work. And I will say I am so grateful that I get to wake up every day and do work that I'm passionate about, and that I believe is making a difference for um, our community, not just the LGBTQ community, but the, the larger community. And so when I started you, the first thing that I knew was important to, to sit down and listen to our community. So I met with more than 300 people to help inform how I was uh, going to go about starting a nonprofit that can address the mental health Uh, needs of of LGBTQ folks. And what we heard um, still serves as sort of the foundation and focus of our work. Um, We do a lot of, uh, we have a lot of uh, programming uh, to raise awareness about these issues. As more people understand the challenges and mental health issues for LGBTQ folks, it uh, hopefully leads to not only greater uh, uh, sort of capacity for meeting those needs, but just creating those spaces those for people who can, can talk about what's going on in their life. We're actively involved in advocacy efforts, both at the state and federal level, to ensure that the policies and laws that are addressing the mental health concerns of our community include the perspectives of the, uh, the LGBTQ plus community. We have a great program called Q is for Questioning, and that's equipped to give teachers, parents, caregivers, the tools and the education they need to create those affirming spaces for young folks navigating their own gender identity or sexual orientation. What we know, Jason, is one trusting, affirming adult in a young person's life from the Trevor Project reduces the likelihood of suicide by 40%. Just staggering. So wow. hopefully that's a call to action to folks to say, you know what? I need to show up in a way that is going to create that safe space so we can start to address the youth suicide crisis that we find ourselves in the in the US. Another program that's been really important to us is our comprehensive behavioral health provider training program. And it's, this has given more than 1500 mental health professionals around the US uh, the skills they need to deliver that culturally responsive, high quality care to LGBTQ folks. And so when you think about levels of engagement, that therapeutic alliance, Uh, producing better outcomes as part of that therapeutic experience, um, we're seeing people being able to address those issues in a safe and caring environment. So that's really crucial. Another thing that we're working on, Jason, um, that really came out of our research early on um, uh, with the pandemic was this growing sense of isolation and disconnection from other people in the LGBTQ community, especially in a digital space, and so at Envision you, uh, you know, we were inspired to start thinking about a digital tool that could help bridge connections, make it easier for people to find uh, the help that they need, and to access uh, wellness content and resources to improve their overall well-being, and so. The idea for a new smartphone app, a wellness app that's uh, uh, going to launch uh, later this year, uh, called You Flourish, is an incredible project that I'm so glad to be uh, a part of. And you know, by by giving people the ability to, to find help, to find support, wellness content, and to connect with other people who share their lived experience, is really powerful. And I'll share a quick story. I had an opportunity to meet with a black trans woman in Alabama in a a small community. Uh, She didn't know other people that had her identity. She was living with depression. And she told me the ability to connect in a digital space with other people who share my identity is going to be incredibly powerful for her to, again, navigate uh, a really challenging environment. So we're excited to be building a product. That's going to help her and millions of other LGBTQ folks get the help and the support they need to uh, to start to thrive in a way that many in our community are not currently doing. So
1: I just love that, and it's so necessary. And you you used you, you you picked up and are championing that that beautiful word connection, you know, that really is kind of the birthplace of everything and what anybody is seeking. I mean, you look at social media, the apps that we use day in and day out. I mean, they are all in their own way, seeking to inspire connection within us. But the fact that you have chosen to pioneer, you know, serving this audience in a way that connects them. So, you know, the woman you just told us about in Alabama, she has a way to connect with other people that are like her. It goes back to the fundamentals of what we talked about earlier of helping people recognize they are not alone, you know, nice. and, and I, and I find what is so often in in our and I, and i'm using the word suchness instead of differences but what happens for so many of us in our suchness is that we go down a path and believe that nobody understands nobody will ever understand there's nobody like us and and i just want to dispel that truth like while you are uniquely you and in fact there is nobody uniquely like you there are people that have lived shared experience that are looking for you and want to learn and be your friend and grow from and experience life with you. And I think it's, it is phenomenal and beautiful that you have taken this on um, to birth something that, that fosters connection. Thank you.
2: Yeah. I really appreciate that, Jason. And yeah, fundamentally, as you say, it just comes down to belonging, right? Right. I want to belong and be in community with other people who uh, not necessarily share all of my identities or lived experience, but are fundamentally connected to my well-being. And similarly, I want to be there for other people in my life and for my community so that we can foster connection and uh, and community care.
1: I, I love that. And you know what an inspiration you are for doing the work that you're choosing to do. I know it's deeply personal, but, You know, it it is it is the birthplace of something that has the benefit to impact so many and and really change lives. You know, I always like to leave things on a hopeful note, and we're we're coming close to wrapping up. We have a few minutes left here, but let's talk about some of the success stories that you've seen in the work that you're doing. You shared one a minute ago. Like, what what's the bigger picture, and how can we find hope in a conversation that often feels hopeless?
2: Yeah, you know, when I think specifically about some of our programs, when I listen to a grandmother who completes our, you know, goes through our QS for Questioning program, you know, which is designed to create those affirming spaces for young people and have her uh, leave that that training uh, with the skills to better understand her granddaughter, to, uh, to ensure that uh, she's using the language that is supportive and kind to her granddaughter is thrilling to me because we made a difference in that one person's life that's going to lead to what we believe fundamentally, not only based on research, but what we know anecdotally for that young person then to be able to navigate their adolescence in a way that perhaps before this workshop, that might not have been possible. Right. I think about the mental health professional who completes our our training program, who who shared with me we were working with um, an indigenous nation um, and training many of their mental health professionals. And I had one of them tell me, you know, for the first time, I'm able to see my uh, two spirit, my LGBTQ clients in a way that I wasn't before, and now I feel so much. a more alliance with an understanding about not only the complexities, but the richness of, of that person's life. And how beautiful is that for them to be able to show up not only informed, but inspired in a way to help that person in their, um, their own journey.
1: Well, I mean, and the reality is, um, you, you know, it, it goes back to being seen. It's seeing people. And I think the more, you know, the, the more things, that, you know, nag at us that 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 feel like differences that we don't want to address, I think that is the opportunity to kind of peel back the curtain, so to speak, and take a look at, is there an opportunity for me to learn something here? I think that adds to the richness of our own lives to really be able to recognize that the differences among us are what really make life interesting. And, you know, I love that you've created this safe space for people to get educated, whether it's a family member, caregiver, loved one, you know, or or a clinician that's serving this community. I frankly think the world needs a whole lot more of that. Um, is, Is it possible that somebody that's listening, if they're interested in the programs that you offer, is it just in Colorado or is it something that they can access from another place and, and learn from the valuable work you're providing?
2: Yeah, indeed, Jason. Our mental health provider training program is something that um, we, are, uh, we have available to uh, mental health professionals across the US. And so we're very excited in a conversation recently with a big mental health uh, provider uh, agency out of Boston. And we're doing work uh, with folks uh, in many, many other places around the US. Uh, so that's just one example certainly you flourish will be uh, launched nationally and a, and a, uh, a an opportunity for people to connect and find uh the care they need and you know I just want to reflect on you mentioned sort of looking behind the curtain and I think about that curtain as you know once we look behind and and, and sometimes that takes courage because of you know maybe how we were raised right. or the Community in which we live, but when we look behind that curtain and see that shared humanity, how incredible is that, right? Like, let's begin to celebrate our differences. Let's lean in and understand um, how um, our, our our lived experiences might may be different, but ultimately, how we can show up in our best possible way for the people in our life.
1: Yeah, I I so agree, and I think it's it's really. It's doing that that again adds to the the,, um, you know, the experience that you're going to have in your own life. I, I guess the thing that I want to leave people with before we sign off is what if somebody's listening that has a loved one that's struggling and they don't know how to support them, or if there is somebody that is struggling with their own issues, whatever they may be, What what's a next step that they can take to start to pull this thread through to know that they're not alone and know that they're supported? Like, let's talk practically for a second.
2: Of course. The first thing is you're not alone. Um, So there are other people who have been through uh, this journey. Recovery is possible. You're able to live your best life, even if you have an underlying mental health issue. Um, There are a lot of resources out there. Uh, that are uh, intended to help uh, you navigate uh, th- that journey. Um, and if you are that person, in um, as a as a parent or an employer or a friend who recognizes that somebody is struggling, I recommend two things. First, get educated. Spend a little time in a trusted resource, better understanding how mental health issues impact a person's ability to get up in the morning and get through their day. The second thing that I would encourage is, um, and it requires braveness, is to lean in and say to that person, I'm here for you. Please tell me what's going on. Right. I Which doesn't tell-
1: mean you have to fix anything, by the way.
2: Absolutely not. You're there solely with the intention of listening and letting that person know they're not alone and that you care for them. Right. So, yeah, it's not about prescribing solutions. It's not necessarily about coming to some resolution about outcomes. It's just letting that person know there's someone in their life that's available to them to talk. And I, I, i hope if if nothing else from this conversation that your audience understands how incredibly powerful that is and how life changing that is for the person on the receiving end
1: well and i want to underscore that beautiful gift of presence of being present for somebody and affirming they are not alone and that how can you help asking that specific question and listening that is something that transcends any difference any suchness any uniqueness and it applies to anyone in our lives it doesn't it doesn't have to just apply to people that are struggling with mental health conditions or addictions or that are part of the lgbtq+ plus community it applies to anyone and i go back to what we said earlier this is a a journey of shared humanity and embracing the uniqueness in all of us in really just showing up and seeing people. And, And I believe wholeheartedly when you show up and do that, the people that show up for you, vice versa, the experiences will be so much more profound. They will be more deep. They will be more fulfilling and more begets more good.
2: Without question.
1: So, Stephen, before we wrap up here, tell us how our listeners can get connected with you and the work that you're doing.
2: Jason, I'm sure at the end you'll have uh, the website uh, to be able to learn more about Envision You, as well as You Flourish, the smartphone app designed to support the well-being of the LGBTQ community. We have a lot of resources available to you to um, start to better understand um, the uh, sort of the conditions that that prevent many people in the LGBTQ community from living their best life and resources available to folks to be able to get educated and supportive so they can uh, further their own um, recovery process. You know, I, I've, I've shared during this conversation, Jason, how deeply personal it is, this work to me, and it is for our entire team. And I'm so grateful I get to work with folks who care so deeply about changing the world for the better. And, you know, at the end of the day, how lucky am I that I get to do this work?
1: I love that. That is so beautiful. Um, and for those of you that are listening today, thank you. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our Get Unstuck Radio show pages, you can find us at Get Unstuck Radio on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Next week, we have another inspiring guest, my friend Karen Komba. Karen is the author and author and TV host who has recently written a book, The Snipers We Couldn't See. It's her personal story of growing up with a schizophrenic mother. She's dedicated her own life to advancing the care of those who struggle with mental health. You will not want to miss our inspired conversation. Steven, I know you said this just a second ago, but just to to really end on gratitude, what's one thing that you're grateful for today?
2: I'm grateful that I'm alive.
1: I love that. And I'm grateful for that too. Until next time, remember every journey begins with the next step and you too can be your own champion. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks for listening to today's show. We hope we've helped you identify how you can overcome the mental block that's been keeping you stuck. Until we talk again, we wish you a great week.